Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Crime Story Podcast with Carrie Ann Tholis, where stories of crime and justice are told. On today's podcast, I read my story, Thomas Durst Startles Jurors with Reenactment of Brother Robert's Rage and Cruelty, which you can find in written form at crimestory.com. Jurors in the trial of Robert Durst for the murder of his friend Susan Berman were startled by two intense outbursts during the testimony of Durst's brother, Thomas. Thomas Durst arrived in court appearing frail, walking on a damaged leg, and wearing surgical gloves. For most of his testimony, he spoke softly and timidly, with little inflection in his voice. He related that he was not there voluntarily, but because he had been subpoenaed, and that he was terrified of his brother. Much of Thomas's testimony, guided by prosecutor John Lewin, was focused on establishing that his brother, Robert, was very controlling of Robert's wife, Kathy, during the time before her disappearance in late January 1982, particularly when it came to money. Thomas testified that Robert, who has a net worth estimated to be over $100 million, gave his wife only food stamps to go shopping, and on one occasion during a trip to a local market, Thomas loaned Kathy Durst money to cover feminine hygiene products and other items not covered by the food stamps. On another occasion, in the weeks just before Kathy's disappearance, Kathy approached Thomas for financial assistance. Thomas would not write Kathy a check for fear of Robert discovering that he had given her money and instead gave her all of the cash he had on hand, maybe a few hundred dollars, Thomas recalled. But in spite of Thomas's efforts to conceal his gift to Kathy, Robert found out. During a trip taken by Thomas from his home in San Francisco to visit his family in New York in April of 1982, three months after Kathy Durst's disappearance, Robert confronted Thomas about the discovery before breakfast at Thomas's hotel. Now, as you know, Kathy was already was missing by that time. I use the term missing. And uh, Robert Durst uh, came up to me, and these are the words he said. He said it, uh, I know she asked you for money, but that's not the meaning that he put on it. He said it like this. And, as Thomas Durst recounted his brother's reaction, suddenly the soft-spoken, retiring, frail man transformed into a raging fountain of venom as he quoted his brother's verbal assault on him. I know she asked you for money! <clears throat> so, the, uh, for the record, to capture, there was a, this is an, a very angry tone that the witness used when he, when he uh, stated those words. He, sh- he shouted this, those words in an angry tone. Mr. Durst, um, when you said that, um, how did you take that? I felt like I was about to die. Jurors were visibly stunned by the sudden explosion of emotion from Thomas Durst, and that was not the only sensory jolt of the afternoon. 
As Deputy District Attorney Lewin continued the questioning, Thomas Durst reverted back to his soft-spoken tone and further recounted the events of that day. When Lewin asked him what's the next thing that happened, Thomas Durst described how Robert rejoined him and their father Seymour after the breakfast and headed together towards the Durst organization. They walked through an office building on the way, as was Seymour's habit, and came to a revolving door. So Seymour goes through the revolving door first, then I go into the revolving door, and from behind, like a sneak, he takes his full strength, and you can't think of him this way. He was strong in those days. He took his full strength, and he showed the glass, and I went around and around, and I fell out. Oh, my God. I fell out on the street, on my knees, and he's guffawing. It's the funniest thing he's ever seen in his entire life. An elderly gentleman had gotten into the, ele- into the revolving door before me, I mean after me, and he also ended up on the floor, but he was on the floor inside the building, and he's shouting, idiots, idiots, like I had something to do with this. Bob is guffawing, Seymour is his usual self, walking away, who are these people, I don't know. And I'm, you know, I, I'm listening to my brother laughing. He's just holding his gut. It is so funny. As Lewin continued his questioning, a pall of expended adrenaline fell over the courtroom. Thomas Durst testified for a bit longer and answered some questions on rebuttal by defense attorney Dick DeGarren, but his expression of pent-up anguish proved to be the first truly searing moment of this trial. That was me reading my article, Thomas Durst Startles Jurors with Reenactment of Brother Robert's Rage and Cruelty. For more crime and justice storytelling news and narrative analysis, head over to crimestory.com. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next Crime Story podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.